Hello again, my name is Michael. And I'm Grace. And welcome back to Disney Through the Ages. On this show, my husband and I are watching every animated Disney movie in order, starting with Snow White and continuing, you know, through the ages. Then, after watching each movie, we'll come here to give a review and talk about whether these old classics hold up to modern standards, as well as seeing how Disney movies have evolved over the years. Today we're watching movie number five, Bambi. So what are your thoughts and expectations going into this movie? To be honest, I haven't seen this movie since I was, like, in the single digits, age-wise. Um, so I don't really remember much about it. I just remember Bambi's mom dies, and there's a cute little bunny rabbit named Thumper. And so I'm, I'm honestly, I'm going into it hesitantly because I expect it to be a super sad movie because I know Bambi's mom dies. And I know that's not what the rest of the movie's like, but it's just what's in my head. That's the only thing I can remember from it. Yeah, I'm definitely excited, though, especially from an animation perspective. I know it's going to be beautiful just based on how the deer were animated in Snow White. They were done really well. I actually took pictures because I knew this movie was coming up fairly soon so I could, like, compare them. Oh, yeah. I mean, Disney has always been really good at animating animals. Um, So this is, I mean, obviously this is still early Disney, but ever since even the very first Disney animated movie, we knew that the animal animation was very good. Very true. So I'm looking forward to it, especially I did a little research on Bambi and I didn't realize until I was doing that research that Bambi is actually based on a book. Really? Yeah. And so it's a coming of age tale and it's actually considered one of the first environmentalist novels ever. So just very interesting. So I'm looking forward to rewatching it also with the perspective of thinking of it as a coming of age tale. Yeah, it's always fun rewatching a movie or listening to a song or something like that after you've learned some of the story of what made that thing the way it is. Like, I, I was going to say, a, you know, a big example of that is Studio Ghibli films. Like, at first time watching those, I never know what they're about and I have to look it up. And then the second time, I'm like, oh, that makes actually sense now. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess without further ado, we'll go watch the movie, and we'll get back to you right after this quick break. And we are back. So what was your initial thoughts about the movie? I liked it. Um, There were some things I didn't like as much about it, but overall, I liked it more than I was expecting to, honestly. Agreed. So... Uh, Let's start with just kind of a recap of the movie then. Okay, so basically the movie is the story of a deer's life. And it goes full circle, spoiler alert, um, which if you were able to understand the lyrics to the intro song, more on that later, uh, it actually tells you exactly what's going to happen. It's kind of a spoiler for the movie. But basically, Bambi is born and he's the new prince of the forest, the little prince, and he's born of the oldest deer in the forest. That's the he's called the prince of the forest. His baby's father is. Yeah, my notes are referred to him as OG Prince. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, baby's dad is supposed to be like this legendary. He's been around forever. He's ultra wise and things like that. Um, everybody in the forest looks up to him. Although I, I just wanted to start out with saying that his father is very much an absentee father for a lot of this movie. I know my first my initial thought was so what's Bambi's dad gonna be like on the scale of like one to Odin (laughs) yeah yeah that's fair um yeah I mean it's a Disney movie obviously the dad is mostly non-existent by Disney movie standards the dad's actually pretty great 
Um, the only one I can think of that was close to as good is maybe King Triton. Um, Are you forgetting about Moana's dad? Oh, yeah. Moana's dad was great. Okay. You know what? It's Pixar movies where the dads are non-existent, not Disney movies, isn't it? But <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, Bambi's dad is the Prince of Forest. And so Bambi's a little baby. And then he says his first words, then cut forward a few months and um, it's winter. And so, you know, my fear is triggered then. It's like, oh, winter hunting season. Arr! But no, Bambi's mom doesn't die in that scene. So later on um they, they're skating and i mean this is essentially i wrote in my notes bambi is essentially cuteness the movie like it's just a whole bunch of animals being cute i can't really tell you a whole lot of plot because it's just a baby deer growing up and i know i kept yeah. laughing personally like everything was just like super funny and super adorable and just very enjoyable mm -hmm. yeah i mean there there were some deeper notes to it um because at one point bambi's mother is killed and that's the first point that Bambi's dad actually does anything besides stand there looking <laughs> majestic. Um, his dad shows up and talks to him and is like, come with me, Bambi. You'll never see your mother again. She's gone. Or something along those lines. And then it was, I wrote it down. Oh, yeah? Your mother can't be with you anymore, is what he says. Oh, and I'm just like crying. That's so sad. Your mother can't be with you anymore. And then Bambi's just there and sheds this tear. And I'm like... I'm not crying. Yes, I am. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, it, it hits you in the feels with Bambi running around yelling, Mama, you know, we made it, Mom. And, and she didn't. He did, but she didn't. Yeah. It was sad. Um, but, but like I said, I, I knew going into it that Bambi's mom died. And so, for me, it wasn't probably as impactful as it could have been. Mm -hmm. um, just because of knowing it ahead of time. And it, it felt it felt less bad than I was expecting because it was actually a very short scene. Yeah. I don't know. For me, like, knowing it was coming added to the suspense as well. I'm like, is it, was it, because I didn't remember a lot of the movies. So I was like, is, is it now? Is it, is it now? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. You know, and even knowing about a character's death ahead of time doesn't necessarily make it any less impactful. Yeah. Like, every time I watch the beginning of Finding Nemo, it still gets me. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I think for me, it just was... Like I said, I was expecting that to be the entire movie, because that's the only thing I remembered from the movie. Right. So the fact that it only took 10 or 15 seconds for the gunshot to happen to the point where Bambi's crying with his dad, and then all of a sudden cut to the next scene. It was a very short turnaround, so it was like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I was expecting. You were slightly distracted during that scene. That's true. Yeah, the dogs were kind of being little jerks, and so I had taken them outside just to kind of get them out of our hair for a little bit during that scene. So, And then after that, then there's the whole Twitter-pated scene. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, we can't watch this with the dogs. This is inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was interesting, because it cut directly from Bambi being a little baby to the owl being annoyed at all the little morning birds, which I mean, psh, aren't we all uh, people? There are two kinds of people in the world. There are morning people and there are people who hate morning people. And I am the latter. <laughs> um, but yeah, then, then Bambi shows up as an adult and Thumper and flower, which I didn't realize flower was a boy. Apparently flower is a boy. D didn't realize. But yeah, then that's where, the movie leads to is Bambi and his friends are now adults 
and they find their own beautiful female forest creatures um, and they fall in love and they have babies. And then that's where the, the movie is a cycle because it, it ends very much the way it began where, you know, Bambi was born at the beginning. Well, now Bambi's kids are being born and it's a boy and a girl twin fawns. And then Bambi is standing up on the rock majestically with his dad at the end. Was that a, was that a good recap? Yeah, I think that was a really good recap. So it's just, it kind of really just does cycle through the seasons. Like it, it starts kind of, I guess, at the latter end of spring. And then we get to go through this whole year of growing up with Bambi. And I did really think it was weird of, that his dad was kind of so standoffish. But I did look that up because it was really bothering me. And that's just how deer are. Okay, interesting. So the mom deer pretty much raises the fawns? Yeah, they're basically on their own raising the fawns, and the male deer are off usually in like a herd just of male deer. Interesting. Which is, we saw that in the movie, mm-hmm. where there was a whole bunch of male deer tearing through, and it almost had like a um, wildebeest going through the ravine kind of vibe to it, where Bambi almost got trampled by all these male deer. Yeah, it was really interesting, and it was really cute watching him like try to copy them and what they're doing. Yeah, he started bounding along the same way the male deer did. Yeah, just from what I remember about psychology classes and things like that, just the, like that's how like kids learn. They learn by like seeing and copying. And so mm-hmm. it is pretty interesting how the whole like, deer thing works. They really don't have fathers. Like they mate and then they just go on their their way, yeah. you know? Yeah, and that's that raises an interesting point about Disney movies in general is because there there are sometimes um, sometimes there's a bit of a dilemma between realism with the characters and then the anthropomorphization of like because we want to attribute human like qualities but the directors decided to go with a more realistic deer like approach to the father figure and so um, I find that interesting anytime like the the writers have to make a dis- decision between. Do we make it more like the animal it's supposed to be, or do we make it more like the humans that were kind of because because they they portray them with human emotions and things too, you know? Agreed. So it was it was interesting, and so it, it did make more sense to me once I understood. Oh, they were going for a realistic approach on how the deer life cycle is. Mm-hmm. So that made it a little bit better knowing that I was like. I was like, great prince of the forest, but maybe not great dad of the forest. <laughs> yeah. But I was yeah. like, okay, that's just kind of how we deer are. Yeah. So and cool. honestly, I was I was all ready to tear into the dad for being absentee so much. But actually, through the second half of the movie, he really does step up and he's there for Bambi in a lot of ways. Um, like, he, he helps him out after Bambi's mom is killed by the hunter. And then later... Um, he helps him out when the forest catches fire and he like teaches him things and stuff. So it's, he's there more as Bambi's a little bit older. Yeah. It's like in that kind of interim, it's like, well, I guess he's off getting just like majestic lessons from his dad. Cause (laughs) by the end of the movie, he's just super majestic. He's got that majestic pose on the cliff down, just absolutely down pat. It was really interesting to me just to kind of watch the growing up and like the things like him first standing and like his first words. And then like the super cute, like he, he named flower flower. Like, yeah, that was interesting. He, he gave flower the name. Uh, also, they never, they never said the word skunk in the entire movie. 
which I thought was interesting because even Flower said other flowers when, yeah. when he was referring to other skunks. And it kind of it kind of did make it go full circle later when Flower's running with his kid who he calls Bambi. So it's just kind of really adorable how like Bambi named Flower Flower and then Flower named like his kid Bambi. It's oh, just that's adorable. Coming full circle. I must I must have looked down then cuz I thought it was Thumper that named his kid Bambi, but it was it was one of Flower's kids. Oh, that's even better. Oh, that's great. Now one thing we haven't mentioned yet is the influence of humanity in this movie. Um which, like you mentioned before going into the movie, that Bambi was considered one of the first environmentalist movies. And so I, I really was looking out for that while we were watching the movie. Did you have any particular thoughts on that? I did. It was interesting because I knew going into this that it was like a coming-of-age tale, which coming-of-age tale, I automatically think of like Studio Ghibli movies because many of them are that way. And also many of them are environmentalists. Very true, yeah. So, in some ways, I was kind of expecting it to remind me a bit of a Studio Ghibli movie mm-hmm. with less, like, allegories and things that are difficult to <laughs> yeah. understand. Yeah, because <laughs> so. well, Japan's a different culture. And so yeah. some of the things that, you know, like My Never Totoro or Spirited Away, there's a lot of things in there that, to an American audience, seem really weird, or at least foreign, because they're from a foreign nation, so... Yeah, um, I will say that's one thing. Like the portrayal of man in this in this movie, it really did make me feel quite a lot when they're getting shot at, and then when the forest accidentally catches on fire, and I'm just like, oh my goodness! Like I'm on the edge of my seat, and I'm just like, oh man, man is terrible. Mm-hmm. You just need to stay in those cities and, and leave the poor forest creatures alone. <laughs> yeah, I noticed during that scene. Right about then is when I noticed. Oh man, almost all of the creatures we've been looking at are ones that people hunt. You know, there's deer, there's ducks, there's rabbits, there's quail. There were the there were the cute little baby quails following their mama around at the beginning. It was so cute. They followed exactly in her footsteps. Like a little game of snake on your phone from if you're from like nineteen ninety-five. But um I don't know. I just had the realization that like, oh, all of these are things that people kill for fun. Minus a few, you know, not a lot of hunters going out hunting skunks or chipmunks necessarily. But the vast majority of them are game wildlife, uh, which it added to the impact of that scene where man's in the forest. We have to run and like everybody's running and there's gunshots going off and a, a quail dies and then, like, I'm, it's panning across all these creatures, and every single one of them is something that humans hunt. And I'm like, which one's going to die next? I know, and I, like, so strongly identified with that quail. She was just so anxious and fearful <laughs> yeah. and just like, my gosh, what do we do? We can't just stay here. We can't just stay here. And they're like, you have to stay put. And she's like, I can't stay put. And I'm like, and they're like you have to stay put. And she's like, I can't. And then she goes, and you're just like, no. And I'm like, no. It was pretty rough. And then the, the dogs. That was. Yeah, the dogs in this movie were so scary and vicious. Like, because up until about that point, I'm sitting here thinking, man, this would be a really good movie to, like, show to a little kid who's about, like, you know, young baby Bambi's mental capacity of, like, just learning words or things like that, learning how the world works, because it was, like, really good portrayal of how the world works and then it got too real with its portrayal of how the world works it's definitely a coming of age tale Mm -hmm. and you know you watch it as a kid and you enjoy the movie but like watching it as an adult and having gone through these things it's different Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's because the coming of age tale is not just about someone growing up. It's about them growing up mentally also, where Bambi kind of has lost some of that innocence because now he's seen both the good and the bad sides of the world. Okay, so that that was the plot. So how do you feel about like the music in this movie then? It was the worst. <laughs> yeah. Just to sum it up, <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. The music in Bambi is the worst. Oh. There is not a single song I'm going to walk around singing tomorrow. I, think I the... couldn't understand half of what they were saying. Exactly. See, I think the biggest problem is none of the characters were singing. Yeah. It was always a chorus. It was a, it was a choir singing the songs. And so it was so hard to understand any of it. And I actually looked up. I actually looked up the lyrics to the intro song and the outro song because I didn't realize it was the same song because I couldn't understand it. But I understood a few words uh, at the end. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So it's it, it says, love is a song that never ends. One simple theme repeating, like the voice of a heavenly choir, love's sweet music flows on. So like I, like I alluded to earlier, the, the song essentially is a spoiler for the movie where it's like, okay, we're going to go in a full circle here. Uh, love is a song that never ends. One simple theme repeating, kind of like the never ending story. You know, it's just a, a loop going through and life is a circle. Everything comes around. Um, and it's the circle of love. Exactly. <laughs> and it even says like the voice of a heavenly choir. I wonder if that's why they had the choir singing everything because it was written in the lyrics of the theme song. But like, like you said, it, it, it felt very operatic. Actually, in the intro, it reminded me of Angel of Music from Phantom of the Opera, which I love Phantom of the Opera, but that's not what I want in my Disney, you know? Um, and it, it's, like you said, very, very difficult to understand, which makes it not effective, in my opinion. Agreed. I just couldn't even understand what they were saying in any of the songs, really. It's like, maybe I could pick up a word and maybe not. My brain just decided that it wasn't worth trying, even. So the music really fell flat for me. It did not add anything to the movie for me. Yeah. Now, I will say one positive note about the music. <laughs> note. I didn't mean to do that. One positive thing about the music. <laughs> Two drums and a cymbal fall off a cliff. <laughs> no, one, one positive thing about the music is that I think the score was actually really good. Anytime people weren't singing, the music was good because it, it conveyed the correct emotion where, you know, the winter scene, the music almost put me to sleep because everything's hibernating and it's just a chill, lull time of life. And then spring happened and it picked up and it got real lively and it, it was really nice how it flowed like that. Um, so I didn't have a problem with the score. It was just the actual songs where people were singing that were a problem. Agreed. The score was so good, I almost didn't even notice it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. See, I'm, as a musician, I look for that kind of thing in movies. That's one of the first things I notice is like, oh, how does this song make me feel, you know? Um, but I can see where it'd be very easy to just forget that the music was even happening because it flowed very well. Now, speaking of voices, um, I think that all the voice acting in this movie was solid i didn't have any real complaints about that i would agree most of the, the voices fit the characters mm -hmm. at the beginning i was at first i was like 
family not gonna talk? Uh, like, I was a little confused. It's like, oh, he was just born, and then we like we hear him say his first words, and it's cute. Bird is the word. Bird, 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 bird. Yes, I did kind of interrupt saying that because it was yeah. just it was asking for it. Yeah, I had surfing birds stuck in my head for the rest of the movie. Uh, but yeah, the only time the only time the acting felt a little weird was just when they became adults because it was such a large jump from the little kid pitched voice to like a deep baby adult man voice and so that was that was a little disorienting seeing that quick of a transformation because it's it's not a slow thing like or it doesn't even give you a montage like lion king does when simba grows up it's just end scene fade to black fade back in oh there's adult bambi at least adult bambi felt normal is what I'm the word I'm gonna choose. Like adult thumper and adult flower felt kinda weird. Especially adult thumper. Like like really? all of a sudden like he has like like supposed to look at his mustache or something. Yeah. Like I don't know. It felt weird. That's funny. I actually thought the adult thumper felt the best out of any of them. So I guess that's just personal <laughs> preference there. Um but yeah like I said overall the acting and everything was really good. Um I thought the animation was fantastic, which I was a little leery at the beginning because in the first scene, the first like two or three minutes of the movie are just panning across the forest. You haven't even got to baby Bambi yet, which was kind of weird. But um, throughout all of that, it felt very flat. Like it felt like several layers of painting moving across each other, not an actual like pan across a 3d space. Um, but then the rest of the movie felt really good. It was just that first scene that felt weird to me. I agree. The whole the backgrounds and the foregrounds just felt really weird there. And I don't think that this animation was necessarily quite as clean as other movies so far. But I still enjoyed it. They did well with what they had. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing that I noticed is... Actually, the animation of the fire, when the forest catch fire towards the end of the movie, I actually really loved that, which surprised mm-hmm. me because it was not the same style as the animation of the characters in the movie. But I don't know. It felt like a painting come to life in that scene, which I thought really did a good job capturing just the the fear that's going on in that scene and things like like it was more of an emotional as opposed to a realistic look for the fire and it worked it made me feel emotion i was i was scared i was nervous like watching them like this is just a movie it's like but i was really into it yeah yeah and um i think my last note about the animation is i absolutely loved when adult thumper shows up and he's got his four little babies and they thump 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 exactly in time with each other it was just the cutest thing and the animation just looked so good right there. And it like it would be t- super easy for that to look choppy because it's a choppy action that the rabbits are making. But like, it, I don't know, it just it looked really good and felt really cute and heartwarming to me. Yeah, all the animals were animated really well. I really enjoyed it. And they did a really good job of maintaining a realistic-ish looking animation while also being a kind of out there animation if that makes sense like the owl in particular was talking about being twitter painted and doing all these crazy things yeah yeah his head literally comes off and spins around when he says your head's in a whirl and then he's like literally walking on air when he's talking about you'll feel like you're walking on air Um, so it is kind of a cartoonish almost caricature 
style of animation, but it still fits. It still works really well. It was also interesting to me how the female forest creatures, when you see them, they're instantly recognizable as female. They're just so much more feminine. And my gosh, that girl bunny was just so cute. And she has like great eyelashes. Like I'm jealous of her eyelashes. She was so adorable. Um, And I thought it was hilarious when Thumper notices the girl bunny. There's like some sexy jazz that starts playing in the background. It's like, okay, uh, we know where this is headed. Not safe for kids. Yeah. But yeah, they, it's, I think you're right. Cause I was watching for that. Cause I noticed like, oh, that's a girl. Wait, why do I, why do I know that that's a girl? And I was looking and I couldn't figure out, I couldn't pinpoint what it was. Like with the, with Flowers lady friend, she was kind of navy blue and he was black. And it seemed like the stripe was inverted, but like none of those are things that are inherently feminine. The only thing I can really think of is maybe they were a little curvier. Maybe they had a little longer eyelashes. Maybe they were just acting more stereotypically feminine. It was, it's, I think that says a lot about Disney's animation that you can't even tell why, you know, that that's a girl immediately, but you know that that's a girl immediately. And you know that it's going to be Thumper's type. Yeah. Yeah. I think a big part is the eyelashes. Like it's very subtle. But it's also very noticeable. Yeah. So uh, any final thoughts you'd like to mention about this movie before we go on and rate it? I do have a thought. It's somewhere. (laughs) Okay. I remembered my thought. So my quick final thought is we talked earlier about the going full circle, circle of life, jumping a few years ahead. But (laughs) Uh, anyway, I thought it was really cute how when Bambi and Pauline first met, it was, he saw her reflection in the pond, and he was like, wait, what? And then when they, he becomes Twitter-pated, that's how they see each other again. He's looking in the water, and then he sees her. Yes, that that was adorable. And it, it kind of, like you said, it kind of relates to the circular nature of this movie. Everything goes around, comes around, and it ends the way it started. I really need to know what the dictionary definition of Twitter-pated is now that we've said it so many times. Twitter-pated means infatuated or obsessed or in a state of nervous excitement. That's a pretty good word for that. I, I knew it meant some kind of excited, but I didn't know exactly the definition. So I, I wonder if that was a more commonly used term at that point yeah, I don't in know. time or not. I also have to wonder if that has any bearing on Twitter. Like maybe they, you know, Twitter makes sense as a name for it because of birds tweeting. But also I wonder if it's like these are things you're infatuated with or something. I don't know. I did wonder about that as well. And then one other thing I wanted to quickly note was about that scene right after Bambi and Faline reunite. They're walking through the forest and then that other male deer comes up and Bambi has to protect her honor. Like it was really interesting. And that is just exactly what deer do in real life i i was looking that up as well that's what they do during mating season is there's a pretty girl deer and then male deer will will fight like that like with their antlers and you know whoever's the winner is the winner yeah i had honestly completely forgotten about that scene but yeah that was that was one where i knew that real deer do that so i was like oh interesting they're including that um i had one last note is that for anybody who's a Pokemon fan, I honestly wonder if Game Freak watched this movie when they created Sawsbuck because like he 
Bambi gets his antlers caught in this tree with all these pretty flowers on it. And Sawsbuck, the Pokemon, it's literally just a deer with flowers in its antlers. <laughs> and so I, I had to wonder. Like, it looks so much like it because it was pink flowers and everything, just like the Pokemon. Um, so that, anyway, that, that's completely unrelated, but had to mention it <laughs> while we're here. Um, so how, how would you rate this movie? How do you think it compares to the others and like number out of 10, that kind of thing? Number out of 10, I really enjoy this movie. I am just off the top of my head, I, I want to give it a seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say probably, oh man, I, I honestly want to give it a nine. It was so good. I, I enjoyed yeah. it so much more than I was expecting to. And I like the fact that it's only an hour long. Like, we could just watch this sometime if we felt like we wanted some, like I said, cuteness the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might bump it up to an eight. I don't know. I really did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, I was trying to kind of compare it, like, with Dumbo, just because that's the one we just watched. Mm-hmm. I was like, did I like this more or less than Dumbo in particular? Because mm-hmm. that's going to help me with where it falls, like, on the ranking. Yeah. So I really wish Dumbo didn't have all those problematic uh, cultural depictions or whatever yeah. it is. But, you know, I don't know. I just really liked, enjoyed Bambi. Like, it made me really feel. I was really sucked in. Mm-hmm. Like, I was ready to cry. Like, I was crying when, like, Bambi's mom. I'm getting emotional over here just thinking about it. <laughs> and then the whole, like, environmental aspect of it normally, that kind of thing is just feels a little overdone but this is like the first time it was it was done mm-hmm. so like well and they was, handled it really tastefully too yeah like it wasn't it wasn't over the top bashing over the head man is evil or anything like that it was just think about the consequences of your actions yeah me personally i you know i'm probably gonna have to bump it down from nine to eight um just because the more i think about it like i thoroughly enjoyed this movie however the singing bits were really annoying and there were some parts that just kind of felt slow where it was like it it felt like a lot longer than an hour movie and not necessarily in a bad way um but like especially like the winter scene i was about to fall asleep because it was just kind of dull and yeah it's extremely cute but it can be a little bit too much sometimes um so yeah overall like i said probably probably eight out of ten is what i'd give it on a score um, I do think I enjoyed Dumbo more, probably. Uh, I don't know. It's been several weeks, so I can't remember exactly what <laughs> where I would rank every movie now. Um, we're getting to the point where I'm going to have to start keeping a running list to see where I'd slide it in. Yeah, on the bright side, we always know Fantasia's last. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it was so bad. I don't know. Like, honestly, just like thinking about it, very subjectively off the top of my head while we're recording out of all these movies that we've watched Bambi has made me feel the most and it could just be I, I can't think of the term but whatever the thing you just watched is the thing you like most recency bias that's yeah. it recency bias so it could just be some recency bias but I really did enjoy it and like though the music wasn't best it wasn't the best in Snow White either and things like that <laughs> yeah. you know like Music was not Disney's super strong suit till later. Yeah, I think it really was like the Disney Renaissance that really picked up the music for Disney. Um, but some of the earlier ones were still good, just not golden, you know? 
So Bambi may actually be at the top of my list. I'm not sure. It just made me feel so much. Mm, And that's what I that's what I really want is to forget the world and feel the movie. Yeah. I had three dogs jumping on my lap all throughout this movie. For some reason, they were just really wanting to be with me. So that could be why I didn't feel as much watching this movie. You know, Just kind of quickly off the top of my head, like right now, this very second, and it will probably change next week. Uh, I would say Bambi first, Dumbo second, Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia. I think for me, it would be Pinocchio, Dumbo, Bambi, Snow White, Fantasia from starting top to bottom, you know. So before we get into the listener mail segment, we've had a week to think about the question Amber asked last week. If you didn't listen to the mail segment last week, then shame on you. But uh, the question was, if you could name your next dog a Disney character's name, what would you name it and why? So now we've had some time to think about what names we like and which ones would mesh with the names of our dogs. Um, so our dogs are Mifa and Pyra. So I like the the uh sound at the end. So that was kind of part of my logic for the names that we did come up with. We came up with two options. The first one was Tiana, which but, is just an adorable Yeah, name. that is a good name. And it sounds different enough from Mifa or from Pyra that the dogs wouldn't get confused. And we like having all female dogs, and so it's a female name. Uh, and then also, we haven't seen the movie yet, but really like the name Raya. And also, it could be shortened to Ray, which is Star Wars, which isn't exactly Disney, but it's owned by Disney. And uh, Raya looks like it's probably going to be a fantastic movie. And it also has that A sound at the end of the word, um, and it's a short name. Good for a dog name, I think. Agreed. So those were our two, though, afterthought we decided we liked. <laughs> also, Amber wrote in again. Thank you, Amber. Uh, this week she wrote, thanks for another great podcast. I'd be interested in a series where you compare the original to the live action and what you liked better in the different aspects of the film. Oh, that would be a fun series. Agreed. Well, let us know if you would be interested in hearing us do that. Definitely. And then um, she continues, even though I personally love all Almost all the live action versions that have been made of the classic movies more than the originals, such as Dumbo, there isn't really anything better than a Disney classic. If you had to recreate any animated Disney movie that hasn't been made into a live action movie, which one would you do and why? I'm smiling because I already know my answer. Interesting. Would you change anything in the movie? Who would you think would be the perfect people to play the main characters? Can't wait to hear your answers. Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) That one doesn't count. The live action doesn't count. Just we need a redone. redone. No, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of the live action Beauty and the Beast, but uh, you sound like you have a answer ready to go. I've, I've often said, just to Michael, but I've often said that if, you know, Disney came up to me and they were like, hey, we'll make any animated movie you want, live action, anyone you want, I know which one I would pick. And that would be Atlantis, for sure, hands down. If I could pick any movie to turn into live action, it would be Atlantis. Yeah, Atlantis does not get enough love. That was a fantastic movie. And it would be great live action. Mm -hmm. It really would. Yeah. Um, On a related note of underrated movies, um, Treasure Planet, I think, would be a really good one. Or, depending on how we define Disney movies, can I say Spirited Away? Because they uh, (laughs) Disney distributed Spirited Away. It's a Studio Ghibli movie. But I think that would be a ton of fun live action. Like, I don't know. There's 
it'd just be so cool seeing more realistic versions of like no face and you know all the all the um spirits and dragons and stuff that are in that movie would be really cool but yeah i'm i'm suggesting others but i'm i'm fully on board with yours it's just you took the best answer (laughs) so i had to go with something else i really thought hard about it and there's rumors that they might do one with tom holland you know as as milo and that would be amazing yeah and i would definitely be on board for that yeah he would not have been my first pick for milo but he would be a very good one I'm trying to think of who I would pick for Milo if it was just like I had free reign of casting. I think also maybe Taryn Egerton would be a good choice. Maybe. I don't know. Taryn Egerton is too good looking and not awkward enough to be Milo, I think. He's got a range, though. That's true. He does have quite a range. Uh, I was kind of thinking this is really. Maybe Ansel oh, Elgort. Oh, ooh, Ansel Elgort. Yeah, that would be good. Or I was thinking, um, oh, man, what was his name? He was on Jupiter Ascending and he was if, Fantastic Beast. Oh, Newt's ooh, Commander. Newt's yes. Commander. What is his name? Uh, Eddie Redmayne. Yes. Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne, I think, would be a good Milo. Perfect. Let's cast yeah. him. Now, uh, what about the princess? Oh, yes. What's her name? Kira. Kira. Yeah. Or Kita, sorry. Kita. Her name's Kita. Zazzy Beats. Zazzy Beats. <laughs> Maybe Zendaya. Oh, this ooh, is going to be a fun ooh. one to edit. Ariana Grande. Oh, I like it. So there we go. We have Ariana Grande and Eddie Redmayne leading our live action Atlantis remake. All right, let's let's green light this project. Come on, Disney. Get on it. Anyway, tell us who you would cast in a live action version of Atlantis, because obviously it would be the best thing to turn live action um, or tell us what you would prefer. But if it's not Atlantis, then you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I just think it'd be a lot of fun. I'm a live action great mouse detective. That's what I want. (laughs) So on our Instagram page, we post every week showing which movie we're going to be covering that week. And on our post from Dumbo, Polkadot paused by Abby wrote, Hey, just listen to the episode. I just wanted to say that I thought the message slash disclaimer you included at the beginning was great. I think it was important to address it head on and not skirt around the issue. I watched this recently because it had been forever. Watching those stupid lady elephants bully little baby Dumbo really ticked me off. (laughs) And then Mama Jumbo getting locked up for defending him. And the drinking scene was so weird. But I do like the scene with all the baby animals going to sleep. Agreed. It's adorable. It's heartwarming. It's everything you want in a Disney movie. That scene right there. But the, the bullying really got to me, too. It's just like, how terrible are these elephants? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I read an article recently because, you know, we, we talked about there's racial problems with Dumbo. Uh, but I read an article recently where a lot of feminists have a big problem with Dumbo also because Dumbo's mom doesn't even have any speaking lines. The only females in the movie that have speaking lines are the gossiping unnamed so they don't even have names, the gossiping elephants. And so it's really kind of stereotyping females as gossips in this kind of awful way they interact. Um, so, you know, again, that's just kind of <laughs> one more thing to have a problem with it. But at the end of the day, it still is a really cute movie if you can get past all of its problems. And so I, I wish that it had been made later. And so I'm really looking forward to watching the live action just to see how they deal with the problematic parts. For sure. And... Part of them not having names, though, is just at the the time they didn't really name characters. They didn't even list credits. Yeah, that's very true. There were very few named characters in Dumbo at all. Um, 
and even even Timothy Ma- uh, Timothy Mouse was that his name? Yep. Yeah, even Timothy Mouse wasn't his name was never said out loud. The only way we know his name is because he wrote it on a contract. And so, if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't notice that. Exactly, and I don't think the ringmaster had an actual name. He's just I, I don't the think ringmaster. So. Yeah. so no one really had names, and they didn't credit anybody mm-hmm. for the voice acting. I guess that just wasn't. You didn't go to movies for the actors back then. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah so, uh, thank you very much for writing in. We really enjoy hearing from our listeners. And if you're listening to this, then you should definitely get in touch with us. Also, if you'd like to tell us what Disney character you name a pet after, we're on Twitter or Instagram at Disney Ages, or you can email us at DisneyAgesPodcast at gmail.com. The songs in this podcast are by Kevin McLeod and are used under Creative Commons license. He's made a ton of really great royalty-free music, so uh, definitely check out the show notes for links to his work as well and all of our social media and email. Actually, fun little anecdote. This week, my sister messaged me saying she had a migraine and she needed some chill music to listen to, and I sent her to his website because he's got some really good instrumental tracks, definitely great for studying or things like that. Well, that's all we have for you this week, so come back next week to hear us review Saludos Amigos. Until next time. See ya! See ya!